Kareem, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with Brian. Um, Kareem Fizadi, um, Institute Gustave Roussy, prostate cancer, uh, one of the world's leading prostate cancer doctors. Kareem, thank you for joining us. It's a real, uh, it's an honour. You've not been with us before. I don't know how you've managed to avoid us. We've invited you many <laughs> times, I'm sure. Um, it's, uh, it's terrific you're here with us. And you've got this wonderful abstract. It's a two by two um, uh, study in, um, in hormone sensitive prostate cancer. Do you want to just talk a little bit about it, why you did it? And then I guess there is also this in around the change that took place in the, in the study. Um, so uh, a far away cream. Right. And, and, and again, thanks, Tom and, and you, Brian, for the invitation. So, so PIS1 is a phase three trial testing new treatments on top of standard of care for men with metastatic prostate cancer. This is the general philosophy. Uh, as uh, uh, I guess you, you both well, well know, um, until 2015, we are using conventional hormonal therapy. Uh, it typically worked for a year or so. And then uh, here you go, you had CRPC uh, to face. Uh, so starting five to six years ago, we've seen really uh, a series, a number of uh, fantastic phase three trial, releasing great data for the patients with the stack cell first and then second generation hormonal therapy, such as abiraterone, apalutamide, and zalutamide, and then radiation therapy to a prostate for men with oligometastic disease. But really the, the key question now is how best to combine this treatment if ever we should combine, uh, for example, the two or, or three different systemic treatments, but also the radiation therapy. And this is exactly what piece one is trying to address uh, as a question. So, so a piece one uses a two by two design. Uh, patients are randomly allocated uh, to, uh, into four groups standard of care alone, and this consists mostly in ADT plus dostaxel in the trial, or standard of care plus aberrateron, standard of care plus radiation, or everything, so standard of care plus aberrateron and radiation. And again, uh, what we are reporting here at ASCO 2021 are the very first data from the trial, namely that of uh, aber the aberrateron question, uh, again, mainly on top of ADT plus the stack cell. So in other words, should we use three uh, different systemic uh, treatments or just two as we've been doing in the last years? And so Kareem, take us through the, the primary results. What did you find? So um, we, we looked uh, for this analysis at the radiographic progression-free survival co-primary endpoint. And uh, uh, the data are good, I think. Uh, the difference is highly significant, favoring the aberrateron uh, arm, again, on top of ADT plus the stack cell. Uh, median RPFS rates were two years, as expected in the control arm with ADT plus the stack cell, versus 4.5 years in uh, the experimental arm with aberrateron with a triplet treatment. And this obviously leads to an absolute difference of two years and a half in medians in favor of a triplet systemic treatment, which I think is impressive. This was actually supported uh, by other analysis of PFS. For example, when we looked at castration or time to castration resistance, uh, we, we found pretty much the same uh, delta, more than two years of benefit. 
And same when you uh, consider uh, symptomatic progression uh, as an event. Again, it's more than two more years um, on top of the uh, original two years achieved by ADT plus the stack cell. So it really seems that the triplet treatment does much better as compared to ADT plus the stack cell. Having said that, of course, the uh, trial is currently immature for overall survival. We are collecting uh, OS events and hopefully we'll be able to report uh, data on OS after the summer. Karim, the trial's got a, it's got a two by two type design and, and is quite complicated. Um, mm -hmm. How, what's the hazard, what are the hazard ratios for the triplet versus the doublets? It's 0.5, so 0.50, if you will. And, uh, you know, when we looked at the, the subgroup analysis, this was true across the board. So with or without radiation, with or, with or without uh, dust tax cell um, uh, in uh, high burden disease versus low burden disease, uh, really the, the, the benefit of aberrant transcends and pretty much in all these subgroups. We also looked, for example, at uh, the various means that a castrating men, agonist or antagonist, and actually this was stratification factor. And uh, again, the, the benefit of aberrant is there. Um, there's so much in this because of the forearms. Um, but the first question, I guess, is the or the control arm switched in 2005. What impact, what change did that have on the conduct of the trial? Right. To, to protect, so, so yes, indeed, we, 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 we moved to ADT plus dose taxal as a standard of care uh, to remain ethical towards patients, obviously, because we knew there was a, a, an overall survival benefit from adding dose taxal. So, so yes, we, 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 we changed the standard of care during the, the course of the trial and to protect for any impact on, on, on this, uh, to, on the analysis. Uh, the use of the stack cell was added as a stratification factor. So all the, the, the results I just reported to you, for example, are for patients receiving ADT plus dose stack cell. So they really had a half of a chance to receive a baratron or not. And the men who were treated before, if you will, receiving ADT as a standard of care, uh, did not really count in the analysis I, I just reported to you. So we, we feel really confident uh, about uh, the data. Uh, there's no, I don't know, no arming, if you will, um, from, the, from the methodology uh, that, we, that we use in the trial. Karim, talk to me about the role of radiotherapy and what impact that's had on this trial in terms of the PFS outcome. Right. So, so the first thing that we did uh, by all the statistical analytical was to check there was no interaction between radiation and aberratron. And fortunately enough, there was not. And I'm saying fortunately because otherwise we would have to test all arms one by one versus uh, the control arm. And of course, we would lose a lot of power doing this. Uh, given this was not the case, you can then pull together the two aberration arm and compare them versus the, the uh, control arm without aberration. And so th this was really good. Now, re regarding the, the radiation therapy effect, uh, 
what we can safely say for now is that, uh, for example, in terms of safety, we haven't seen any arming within the first six months after randomization of combining radiation, ADT, uh, baratron, and the stag cell. And, and obviously, of course, we, we did that partially sequentially. So uh, ADT plus the stag cell and baratron were given uh, concomitantly, but then the radiation was given after uh, the stag cell was completed. So this is the first thing we can say regarding the question. Now, uh, regarding the efficacy of radiation, we need to be patient uh, because we, by again, by all our initial uh, hypothesis and statistical analytical plan, we're aiming to look first at whether patients with oligometastic disease benefit from the radiation treatment in a context of uh, obviously intensified systemic treatments. And to, to look at this question, for both RPFS and OS, we need more events for the oligometastatic patients. So uh, I suspect that we should be able to do this maybe in a year or two from now, of course, depending on it. And Kareem, what um, the patient population, was it just oligometastatic disease or, or all comers or what was the breakdown? So all these patients had de novo metastatic disease, mm -hmm. But it could be any bulk of the disease besides this. So some men, approximately 45%, if I recall well, had uh, what, you know, low burden or low volume or low risk, whatever you call it, um, a disease. While the rest, oh, approximately 55%, had high burden disease. So where do you think we stand with the role of radiation in, in this setting? Because it's, it's debated. There are many trials that you know better than I do. And, and I know we debate it in our tumor boards all the time. Where, where exactly do we stand in regards to that? Well, I think that thanks to the Stampede data on radiation therapy, I feel confident recommending local radiation therapy uh, to men with oligometastatic disease. So those with less than three bony metastases. I think the Stampede data regarding these questions are extremely robust. And the number of patients who were randomized for this question in Stampede was, was just great. So it's very unlikely to be um, a false positive, if you will. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and this isn't directly supported by a subgroup analysis of the other randomized trial, the HORAD trial, which actually included mostly high burden men for all men with high burden disease. And for these men, obviously, there's no real benefit. But for the subgroup of men with low burden disease in HORAD, the same trend that was seen in Stampede was also reported. So I think that the, 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 this is a true finding. And actually, it makes sense. If you have, say, 90% of your cancer in your prostate, and you're killing these cells, your likely um, impact on overall survival. While if, uh, say, 80% of your cancer is outside your prostate because you have many meds, it's probably unlikely to be so. Yeah, so not, not dissimilar from debulking nephrectomy <clears throat> kidney cancer, right? If you're removing most of the tumor burden, it's likely a benefit, but not otherwise. So no, biologically, really. it makes sense. Karun, did you get the chance to look at OS? Uh, I know it's immature. Did you, did you was that in your statistical analysis plan to have a, have a, some alpha spend there? Yes, we, we, we decided, of course, to, to protect most of the alpha to the OS. So actually, for the RPFS to be uh, significant, which actually is the case, you had to have a p-value of, you know, several zero and then a one. 
for OS, uh, it's uh, almost all of the alpha which is kept, uh, again, to protect it. So, so point, almost point oh five, if you will. Yeah. I think it's 4.9. And, and, and you say you've still got that stored for OS and you haven't looked at OS as it currently stands, or you have? Oh, no, we, we, I have zero data on OS. Uh, so it's completely we, protected and we don't know. What do you, so without OS in the prostate field, what do the results of your trial mean? In fact, before we get there, can I ask another question? I'm sorry, Kareem. We haven't talked about... <laughs> He's apologize. interrupting himself. It's, I apologise, yeah. <laughs> can we just talk to me about toxicity and, and, what, uh, and what you have. Sure. So uh, actually, I think the, the, the news we have from the toxicity uh, side are also uh, good and reassuring. Uh, for example, of course, we are fearing about the uh, febrile neutropenia incidence and, you know, with, with drug-drug interaction, these things. And, and actually, this was reassuring. What we saw was 5% with or without Aberatron for the rate of uh, nitropenic fever. So this is no, no issue. And the same applies to have other hematological toxicities. So this is, this is really good. Now regarding the, some other typical, uh, the are related side effects, such as fatigue or GI toxicity, actually we saw a lower incidence in the aberatron arm perhaps thanks to the uh, prednisone or perhaps thanks to aberytron, of course, I don't know. But this is obviously a good news for patients. Regarding the uh, typical aberytron-related toxicity, uh, what we saw was what we expected uh, from what we know from the drug, uh, namely an excess in hypertension, hypokalemia, and transaminase increase, but honestly nothing bad. Uh, the incidence for hypertension, for example, was 12% in the aberration arm versus 8% in the control arm. Not, not, nothing really bad. Of course, what I'm describing here are the data during the first six months of therapy. We are currently collecting longer-term toxicity data. And of course, we, we always need to be cautious uh, sometimes, uh, as we all know, uh, can happen in the longer term. But hopefully, again, we will report this after the summer. And Karim, treatment-related deaths, treatment-related um, discontinuations, what were they like? So uh, with the current um, analysis, the current data, uh, the uh, toxicity-related death was uh, obviously very minimal. Uh, I think we had, we had two deaths uh, due to the stack cell uh, in both arms, if I recall well, uh, and, and uh, obviously a balance between the two arms. And uh, the discontinuation data, um, currently, we'd, well, for the stack cell, we know, and it's, good, it's very similar between arms. The, the median number of cycles was six, so that's, that's cool. Uh, for aberration, uh, it's too early to say uh, we are actually currently analyzing the discontinuation data uh, because this is more longer term data. And so, Cream, for overall survival, you think end of the summer is when you might start to have the initial data because obviously it's very impressive RPFS data. But do you, do you think there has to be an OS benefit for this to be adopted? I hope so, of course. Um, now, um, we, you know, we, we need at least 250 uh, death events uh, to start the analysis uh, for uh, the ADT-DOS-TAG cell 
uh, group of men uh, regarding the apparatus in question. I mean, if, if I were to bet, and uh, again, as I'm speaking, I don't know what the findings were, but uh, I would say yes, I would expect uh, an OS benefit. Uh, two years and a half of, R uh, of RPFS difference is really big. We don't mm -hmm. see that very often in oncology, unfortunately. So well, I think Brian's never seen it, and it is trying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so, so I mean, it. I mean, it should be uh, that there is uh, uh, that early is better, and that there, there should be a no as benefit. But of course, data will tell. Now, if at the end of the day. Uh, we are unfortunate and OS is similar, I'd say. Um, I, still I, I still think that, uh, you know, for patients denying two years and a half of additional good time, if you will, doesn't really make sense. Uh, even if at the end of the day, they, they live the same time, mm -hmm. I would be in favor of, you know, using the strategy of a triplet systemic treatment of front. But uh, of course, assuming we don't see... Uh, uh, some some more toxicity in the mm -hmm. longer term. So, Karim, you you're saying that you think on RPF with no OS, you, you, in your opinion, it's currently practice changing. I think it is. Yes, I'd love to you know, actually to hear your your opinion. You guys are experts as well, so so please tell me what you think. And 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 you know, beyond all the three opinions, what what all just the colleagues before, will, will just before we get there, Karim, because you know. And, you know, when we put drugs together in, in cancer, we combine, we often get we get sort of additive or some additivity, not synergy, very, very rarely, and sometimes antagonism and sometimes nothing at all. With this type of approach, it seems that you're actually getting, you know, some, some genuine additivity with this with this approach. Do, do you think that's the case? Uh, it's really hard to say. I mean... Uh... It's hard to say because, uh, first, we don't have so many clinical data um, regarding, for example, uh, those types of you know, just, I guess, today, to say, no real comparative form. Um, Preclinical data are scarce, and it's not that easy to use abiraterone in uh, uh, preclinical models in prostate cancer. Those uh, the metabolites of abiraterone are of importance. So if you're using uh, the drug by its own on cells, for example, you don't necessarily see the worst story. So, so it's I think it's it's really hard to say. Um, I guess I, I would I would buy additivity, um, <laughs> even if it's not synergy. Um, I, I would buy that. Uh, you know what, what what I think we should fearing more in the future is perhaps drug-drug interactions. I'm not sure we're paying um, enough attention to that. And so some other drugs really do see that. I mean, it can be, of course, we, we are always fearing toxicity regarding that. Um, it could be also uh, the other way around. The drug can actually decrease the efficacy of another drug. Sure. Yeah. So, Krim, so, what about the people who will come back and say, well, without the OS data, how do you know that if you just sequence them, you're not going to get the same results? So, you know, you, what you win on the swings, you lose on the roundabouts. Well, I guess you, you would not uh, find the same results in terms of RPFS, um, because 
you know, by definition, RPFS is... Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. But on OS, you yeah. might say, well, listen, we'll keep yeah. the chemotherapy in the closet. And when the yeah. cancer comes back, we can zoom it in then and we'll have great results. Inevitably, because people will say when these pa patients' tumours grow after the triplets, I mean, obviously, there are some new options for them. And we saw Mike Morris's great... Um, data at ASCO this year and other bits and pieces, but you know you haven't got that much maybe left in the cupboard once you fail this triplet, or you uh, once the cancer's grown in this triplet. I I agree. Having said that, as I said, if ever at the end of the day, for OS sequential or concomitant is similar, but concomitant, if I may call call it this way. Uh, so, you know, starting up front with, with, with free treatments is associated with, with a much better time to progression, including actually uh, clinical progression and symptoms. You know, if it's two years and a half of additional good time. So, I mean, Kareem, on, on that front, do you have quality of life data? Do you have data about symptoms? Yes, we, we've, we've collected our quality of life and uh, I, I, we, we haven't analyzed the data mm -hmm. for, for ASCO, obviously, but eventually we will report them indeed, yes. I don't have them as I'm speaking. Karim, are there other trials testing the same thing? Um, because clearly this is potentially a big deal in prostate cancer um, mm -hmm. because, you know, upfront triplet therapy with or without radiation, which the discussion which I think we've had, would be a different approach. And is there, are there other confirmatory trials for a meta-analysis? Are there, are there other approaches that, we, that, that can support your findings? Right, yes. Indeed, there are two other phase three trials regarding whether we should use a triplet or a doublet. So ADT does taxel plus or minus a next generation hormonal therapy. One is, uh, of course, from our uh, great friend, uh, Chris Sweeney, uh, which is Enzamet. And in, in his trial, a subgroup of men, uh, 500 in total, actually were uh, exactly randomized to, to get ADT, Dostaxel, plus or minus, and Zalutamide. And uh, I think Chris will report the OS data uh, for this trial, uh, hopefully in the, in the soon future. So this is a second together with PS1. And finally, we have also the Arasens phase three trial, which is um, an industry-sponsored trial, a very large one, testing exactly this hypothesis of, of doublet versus triplet with darolutamide. Hopefully, they will be able to, to report data uh, either later on this year or, or next year. So eventually, I think the we, we will have enough data to make all our mind clear about this question. Now, regarding the, the integration of radiation therapy in, uh, in all of this, I think PS1 is the only uh, phase three trial we're having. Uh, so I guess we ha we'll have to, to rely on all our data. Karim, my last question, Brian, I'm sure has got one or two. Because of the two by two design and the multiple arms, and the change in the control arm, how much uncertainty did that create with the results? I actually don't think it, it creates most uh, uncertainty uh, because, again, we, we've, we've made sure uh, from the statistical plan that we would protect each analysis. And again, each analysis has to start it by an interaction test between radiation 
and uh, uh, the right one, which are the two compounds of the two-by-two two design. So if ever you, the interaction test is positive, you basically need to test only one arm to the control arm. So you're losing half of the arm, but it's part of the game, and, and, and that's, that's okay. Here for the aberrant one question, it was not the case. So we could, we could actually analyze the, the entire trial. And, and again, the, the, the interaction test is really protecting you from you know, doing mistakes. Um, and actually the same applies to the standard of care. We moved from ADT alone to ADT dostaxel, but then we included dostaxel as a stratification factor, which is again protecting from any bias. So in, uh, so in other words, a given patient really had the same chance, whatever his tumor burden, his prognosis, et cetera, his, his pronostic factors, to receive aberratron, yes or no. So there's no imbalance. And I've, actually, this is reflected by the patient populations. They're really, really similar. So, Kareem, just a final comment for me, not really a question. First of all, congratulations on another sort of great practice impacting data set. And it, as we were talking here, just interesting the parallels between prostate and kidney cancer in terms of treatment of the primary when it represents the bulk of the disease, which is something we've been wrestling with in, in RCC for decades. And then the, the moving from doublets to triplets, which is sort of right where we are in RCC again, which we've talked about on previous podcasts is sort of the way we, the way we cure solid tumors is, is multi-agent therapy. And it seems like that's right where prostate is, is on the precipice of moving to triplets, if you agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. Karim, super exciting. Super exciting. Anything you want to say before before we call it a day? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 great to you know to report this data, and it's also great that it comes from an academic trial. Uh, mm -hmm. I think this is an important message to to all of us. Um, I think prostate cancer has been exceptionally good at that, you know. I mean, I, I think I don't want to talk about this for too long, but you've got Stampede and you've got the Endomet and Endorad. Mm -hmm. You've got your peace program. You know, we're really wrestling. I don't know, Brian, we should talk about this another time, Karim. We should get you back on. But you guys have done an exceptional job in prostate cancer with academic trials because it gives you control. It allows, it, it, it allows you to have a, a, a different, you know, a different dialogue. Also, because it's successful, it builds its own success, if you know what I mean. You're right. And actually, you can use your trial to ask several questions, including some of them which are not necessarily key priorities uh, to the industry, such as the radiation question, for example, in mm -hmm. peace. Those are so important to all the patients. Yeah, agreed. Karim, we really miss you. It's going to be soon, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm told I might be able to travel to France at some point in the not too distant future. <laughs> and if I do, I'm going to stop by whether I'm invited or not. <laughs> so, Please, ha happy to, ho to offer a champagne on Peace One. Oh, that's <laughs> Karim, what a fantastic result. Congratulations to the whole Thanks, team, Karim. everyone involved. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Take care. Bye, you too.